created the home security system inspired by the one we use today? Who created the mailbox and improved the hairbrush? Who was the first female candidate for president of the United States? And what other inventions, research, and accomplishments still benefit us today? We'll answer these questions and more on GRIT, Getting Real, Immersed in Truth. Welcome to the GRIT Podcast, Getting Real, Immersed in Truth, Intersecting Hard Conversations with the Gospel. We seek and speak the truth about what's going on around us. This is episode one of season two, and I'm your host, Rabrina Rettel. I took a break from the podcast for a bit, but I'm back. You know, things, life happens, things happen in life. So it was good to have a little break. Well, um, it's February, which means it's Black History Month. I say here in the States that Black history is American history because folks, no matter how you slice it, we're all interconnected. Unfortunately, there has been a lot of history that has not been told completely or truthfully. And some of us have always been aware of that and many others are learning. At one time, it was believed that Black people didn't have a soul, and we were not created Imago Dei, made in the image of God. That's one of the reasons I wanted to create this podcast to show that even though others saw Black people as less than, less than human even, that Black people persevered by etching out a life of dignity. In my household growing up, since we weren't taught much about what Black people contributed to society in school, we researched ourselves or learned through storytelling. Black people and other people of color have made great contributions to society as a whole. So how did Black history become a month to be celebrated? Black History Month started as a week in February, when Dr. Carter G. Woodson, a historian, announced the second week of February to be, uh, as it was called back then, the terminology they used, Negro History Week. This week was chosen because it coincided with the birthday of Abraham Lincoln on February 12th and Frederick Douglass on February 20th. After urging from educators, college students and black student organizations and other black community groups, President Gerald Ford officially recognized Black History Month in 1976 during the celebration of the United States Bicentennial. He called upon the public to seize the opportunity to honor the too often neglected accomplishments of black Americans in every area of endeavor throughout our history, his quote. Black History Month is also recognized in Canada, 
Ireland, the Netherlands, and the United Kingdom. This year's Black History Month theme is Black Family, Representation, Identity, and Diversity. I chose to focus on people that aren't as well known and some whose inventions and research and accomplishments uh, benefit many of us still today. We're gonna to start with Frederick McKinley Jones. He was an inventor, entrepreneur, winner of the Medal, National Medal of Technology and an inductee of the National Inventors Hall of Fame. After service with the US Army in World War I, he invented a device to combine sound with motion pictures. He also patented an automatic refrigeration system for long haul transportation of perishable goods. He co-founded Thermoking. The company was critical during World War II, helping to preserve blood, food, and supplies during the war. Jones had many patents to include a ticket dispensing machine, the design for an air conditioning unit, and designed for a two-cycle gas engine. Speaking of transporting blood, Dr. Charles Richard Drew was a physician who developed ways to process and store blood plasma in, you guessed it, blood banks. He directed the blood plasma programs of the United States and Great Britain in World War II. It's estimated Drew helped collect roughly 14,500 pints of plasma. After a ruling that the blood of African-Americans would be segregated, he resigned. He created two blood banks and remained active in the medical com community. He served as chief surgeon at Friedman's Hospital and a professor at Howard University. The Charles Drew Health Center, located in Omaha, carries on his work. Marie M. Daly, best known for being the first African-American woman to receive a PhD in chemistry in the United States. In 1955, Daly returned to Columbia where she earned her PhD and began working closely with Dr. Quentin B. Deming on the causes of heart attacks. Their groundbreaking work disclosed the relationship between high cholesterol and clogged arteries. That work opened up a new understanding of how foods and diet can affect the health of the heart and the circulatory system. The son of enslaved parents, Garrett Morgan, only had an elementary school education, yet, he invented and improved upon other inventions. One of his enhancements was an advanced sewing machine. He also created the gas mask. However, one of Morgan's most influential inventions occurred when Morgan witnessed a terrible traffic accident. The accident sparked an idea of changing the two signal traffic lights to three. Instead of the stop and go, he added a yield. Hence, red, yellow, green traffic lights that we use today. If you have a home security system, you can thank Mary Van Britten Brown, 
She was a nurse whose husband traveled a lot on business. Since she was home alone, she decided to devise a security unit for her own home. Brown invented a system that used the camera that could slide into and look through four peepholes in her front door. The camera's view would then appear on a monitor in her home and she added other features to the system, including a microphone to speak to anyone at the door, a button to unlock the door, and a panic button to notify the authorities. The person I'd like to thank is the reason you're able to hear the sound of my voice, Dr. James West, who is a co-creator of The Microphone. In 1960, while working at the Acoustics Research Department at Bell Laboratories, Dr. West teamed up with fellow scientist Gerhard M. Sessler to develop an inexpensive, highly sensitive, compact microphone. By 1968, the electric microphone was in mass production. West's and Sessler's invention became the industry standard. And today, 90% of all contemporary microphones, including the ones found in phones, tape recorders, baby monitors, and hearing aids, use their technology. And he's still able to see and hear all the benefits of what he co-created. Teamwork makes the dream work. Dr. Patricia Bath is the first African-American to complete a residency in ophthalmology. She became the first female African-American medical doctor to receive a medical patent for her invention of a laser cataract treatment device. Bath is also the co-founder of the American Institute for the Prevention of Blindness. She was a true visionary. The real McCoy Elijah McCoy, that is where the phrase is derived from. He created an ironing board and something we'll use in the summer to keep our grass green, the lawn sprinkler. Lydia O. Newman, a hairdresser, a woman after my own heart, improved upon the invention of the hairbrush. Her hairbrush design included several features for efficiency and hygiene. It had evenly spaced rows of bristles with open slots to guide debris away from the hair into a recessed compartment and a back that could be opened at the touch of a button for cleaning out the compartment. Newman, a resident of New York, was also an organizer of an African-American branch of the Women's Suffrage Party, which was fighting to give women the legal right to vote. Although women earned the right to vote with the ratification of the 19th Amendment in 1920, Black women and other women couldn't vote until the Voting Rights Act of 1965. Once again, the ratification of the 19th Amendment occurred in 1920, uh, which gave women the right to vote. Other women of color could not vote until the Voting Rights Act of 1965. Hmm. Lonnie Johnson is a former Air Force and NASA engineer who created the Super so Soaker water toy, which was the number one top seller in water toys. In an interview with Popular Mechanics, he told them, one evening while fiddling with ideas for a new refrigeration system that used water instead of the environmentally hazardous Freon, 
he hooked a nozzle up to his bathroom sink. He accidentally shot a stream of water across the bathroom where he was doing the experiment and thought to himself, this would make a great water gun. Fun fact and Nebraska connection. In 1982, he served as an advanced space systems requirements officer at Strategic Air Command, SAC headquarters here in Nebraska. By day, he worked on high priority projects and by night, he designed and built plexiglass pieces for the water gun in his basement. Johnson gave the first prototype to his seven-year-old daughter who used it to demolish the other kids in a friendly water pay play on the Air Force base. Madam C.J. Walker, born Sarah Breedlove, is recorded as the first female self-made millionaire by developing and marketing a line of hair care products for Black women. Through the business that she founded, Madam C.J. Walker Manufacturing Company. She's listed in the Guinness Book of World Records. Walker also became known for her philanthropy and activism. John Harold Johnson was a businessman and publisher. In 1942, he founded the Johnson Publishing Company, which was headquartered in Chicago, Illinois. Ebony and Jet magazines were among the most influential magazines to Black people. His magazines covered all aspects of Black life, including weddings, business news, celebrities, civil rights, and more. The publications were known for using Black models in their advertisements as the demand in other publications was not as prevalent for them as it is now. Well, one thing I remember is my uncles put the pages of the beauty of the week on their walls. Jet Magazine published a picture of 14-year-old Chicagoan Emmett Till's mutilated body and an open casket. While Till was visiting family in Mississippi, he was accused of flirting with a white woman, Carolyn Bryant. Her husband and his half-brother beat, shot, and threw Till in the Tallahatchie River. The photos sparked public outrage and brought awareness to the treatment of Blacks in the Jim Crow South as other publications picked up on the photo. The men went to trial and were found not guilty. Years later, Carolyn Bryant, the accuser, recanted her statement as it was untrue. In 1982, Johnson became the first African-American to appear on the Forbes 400 magazine after 78 years, the magazines were no longer published, and it was the end of an era. Phyllis Wheatley was born in Senegal, Gambia, around 1753. At the age of eight, she was kidnapped for slave trade, brought to Boston. Yes, Boston. Some people are unaware that there was slavery in the North and uh, East Coast. And she was purchased by John Wheatley as a servant for his wife, Susanna. 
Susanna took notice of Wheatley's intelligence and did something that was unusual of the time. She taught Phyllis how to read. Susanna encouraged more education to be taught to Phyllis Wheatley, and she continued to write and became the first Black and first U.S. enslaved person to publish a book of poems, as well as the third American woman to do so. Philip Bell Downing, he invented the street letter box or what we call the mailbox. He also invented a mechanical device for operating street railway switches. Dr. Julian Percy, he was a researcher who earned his PhD at the University of Vienna in Austria. He created the medication to treat glaucoma and cortisone to treat arthritis. Richard Spikes patented and improved a gear shift transmission system. Some of his creations include a beer tapper, self-locking rack for billiard cues, a horizontally swinging barber's chair, and an automatic brake safety system still used in some bus buses as a fail-safe means of stopping the vehicle. Alexander Miles, improved the method for opening and closing elevator doors. The only way to open and close the door at that time was manually. So Miles put a flexible belt in the elevator cage and when the belt came to contact with the drums positioned along the elevator shaft above and below the floors, it allowed the elevator shaft doors to operate at the appropriate times. The elevator doors themselves were automated through a series of levers and rollers. The influence of his elevator patent is still seen today as a standard feature. We can thank Walter Purvis for his improvements to the fountain pen. Purvis's pen sought to improve the transfer of ink within the pen. To this end, he designed a mechanism involving an elastic tube or plastic tube connecting the ink reservoir and the tip. The new pen would cause the ink to be distributed evenly as the users wrote, preventing ink blots and faded writing. Alice Ball the very first African-American and the first woman to graduate with an MS degree in chemistry from the College of Hawaii, now known as the University of Hawaii. At 23 years old, she was offered a teaching and research position there and became the institution's very first chemistry instructor. Through her work as a researcher, Ball encountered many patent, excuse me, patients with Hansen's disease or what we know as leprosy. She was able to create the first injectable leprosy treatment using oil from the Chalmugra tree by successfully isolating the oil into a fatty acid components to manipulate the oil into a water-soluble injectable form. This successful scientific method became known to alleviate the leprosy symptoms and later became known as the Ball method. Tragically, 
Alice Ball died on December 31st, 1916 at the young age of 24 after complications resulting from inhaling chlorine gas in a lab teaching accident. After her death, the president of the College of Hawaii took credit for her work. Unfortunately, it was commonplace for men to take credit for women's work during that time but equity prevailed six years after her death when assistant surgeon, Dr. Harry T. Holman, who worked with her, wrote a white paper giving her credit. Well, because I'm using a PC to write these notes, my thanks goes to inventor and engineer, Mark Dean. In the early 1980s, Dean was an IBM chief engineer. He worked with a team of 12 people who developed the first IBM PC. He also worked to develop the color monitor, and in 1999, he led a team that developed the first gigahertz processor, which allowed for higher processing rates at faster speeds with NPCs. You get two for one on this one. John Mercer Langston was the first Black man to become a lawyer when he passed the bar in Ohio in 1854. When he was elected to the post of town clerk for Brownhelm, Ohio in 1855, Langston became one of the first African-Americans ever elected to public office in America. He is the great uncle of, I bet you can guess, famed Harlem Renaissance writer, poet, Langston Hughes. Last, but certainly not least, my hero. I remember learning about her in the sixth grade and I was awestruck. Shirley Chisholm was the first African-American woman elected to the House of Representatives. She was elected in 1968 and represented the state of New York. She displayed more audacity four years later in 1972 when she was the first major party African-American candidate and the first female candidate for president of the United States. And look at us today. Thanks, Shirley, for paving the way. There are many more contributions that Black people have made to society. I've told you about 22 of them, and that's just scratching the surface. Talk about grit. I'm grateful for the way they saw a need and filled it, endured and persevered and didn't give up to ensure they led a life of dignity. I hope you're grateful too. Most of my research comes from biography.com, history.com, blackpast.org, civilrightstrail.com, invent.org, and Wikipedia, which was cross-referenced from other sites. If you want more little known facts, check out history.com Black History Facts. I'll list the sites in the show notes. Also, I'd like to know, let you know about a local event here in Lincoln. It's the Black Owned Business Expo on Saturday, February 27th from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. It'll be held at the Indian Center on 1100 Military Road. And it's hosted by Sarah's Southern Comfort Foods. 
Connect with me on Instagram at Rabrina Rettle. The podcast is produced by me, Rabrina Rettle, editor Michael Coffey of Handcrafted Studios, original music by composer Michael Coffey of Handcrafted Studios. Until next time, keep your grit up by getting real while immersed in truth.